0: Well, good morning, Whitestone family. Didn't realize the allergies were going to be so bad out here today, but they are. This is what I'm talking about. Church out under God's great canopy. Isn't this awesome? Yeah. And if summer summer lasted more than two weeks, we could do this all summer, actually, you know. But no, uh, God sure created a beautiful day for us. Amen. It could not be more perfect, I don't think. I mean, this is just awesome. And man, I I, want to thank all the tons of volunteers that made this happen this morning. Uh, David Hodley and his dad cut all this down and chipped it up so that we could set the stage here. And uh, a bunch of you were here Saturday morning uh, into the afternoon helping set everything up and marking everything out. And um, a bunch of you helped out as parking lot attendants and ushers and greeters and cafe workers. And I mean, this happening this morning is because a ton of people helped out. And so a big thank you for all of you let's give them a round of applause you know what I wanted to do this before I forgot I want to take a selfie with all you guys so everybody wave alright never got to do that before it's kind of cool Well, man, guys, it is so good to see you all together as one big family. I mean, take some time right now. Just look around. This is your Whitestone family. Just look around. If you have to stand up, go ahead and stand up. And I know probably many of you don't even know each other. You may be having no idea who the person next to you is. And the reason is, is because we have three services and many of the services don't even know each other. The last time that we all got together was at the 10 year reunion at the Econom Walk Art Center. And uh, it was awesome because families were getting there and going, oh, you go to Whitestone? I didn't know that. I I remember one time there was uh, two families that had their sons on the same baseball team. They showed up to church, they showed up there that day and they're like you go to Whitestone and they met each other you know as a church family so that was really cool so yeah look around this is your Whitestone family all together in fact here let's do this if you are typically from first service I want to hear you give a great big shout and clap first service people all right awesome just so you know those first service people are a unique bunch of people these people get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. They don't even use an alarm. Their body just naturally wakes them up. They've had their coffee, their breakfast, their time with God. They've mowed the lawn, balanced their checkbook, done a load of laundry, filled their car up with gas, all before the 8 o'clock a.m. service. It's that They are absolutely unbelievable. In fact, some of them are a little irritated right now that we're having church so late on this Sunday because they would be having their lunch right now. Another fun fact about first service is that it is the smallest of the three services. Only about 125 people on a good Sunday will meet uh, in first service. And it's funny because when we talk about a new building and, you know, the, all the plans with that, first service wonders why in the world we even need a new building. Some of them have a whole road to themselves. So they're, they're living large. They don't understand that. But I just want to say this about my first service people, you know, They've had a remarkable change in them over this last year. They were some of the deadest, most unmovable people you could ever ask for. And I don't know what happened, but since the beginning of this year, they have come alive, and now they are close to being one of the rowdiest of all three services. They, they really are. They're getting close to third service. And I love you, first service. I love all of you. Um, let's give a round of applause to first service. All right, if you are typically from Second Service, I want to hear a great, loud shout and applause for yourself. Awesome. Now, Second Service is unique, too. They're the in-betweeners. They aren't extreme in anything, okay? They're kind of middle of the road. You don't get up too early, but you don't sleep in too late. And I don't want to say you're normal, because that would make first and third kind of abnormal, so we won't go there, but you know what I'm trying to say. But second service is the biggest of all the services. You heard their roar right now. And often we have to set up chairs in the back to make room for second service. And it's interesting, even though it is the biggest service, second service is my least rowdy. Okay? They are. It's my quietest service right now. And I think the reason is I was thinking about this ponderness I think that they're kind of irritated. Because half the time, when they come in to the service, it's hard to find a seat. And, the, and you know, they, they have to sit next to a person they don't even know, and they kind of hang, you know, their arms kind of touch, you know, when you're in the car- chair next to you, and you're like, oh, who is this guy? And it's weird and uncomfortable. And sometimes families don't get to sit together. They have to get split up because there's not room. And the mom has to sit with two kids, and the dad has to sit with one kid over there, and that makes it hard. It's like, welcome to church. Let's split up your family. It's awesome. Sometimes, and I'm not lying here, sometimes we've seen people walk into the sanctuary, look around, and walk back out because it was too full. That's second service. And so, I don't know. Maybe that's why they're the quietest. They're just kind of like irritated and kind of ticked off. Who knows? But like right now, you guys, you're loving this. We're like, hey, I can stretch out. I don't have to be next to this, you know, guy next to me. We can just finally spread out. We don't have to, you know, I can sit by my wife finally. That's kind of nice. So let's give a round of applause to my second service. I love you guys very, very much. Now, if you are typically part of third service, let's hear a loud shout and a round of applause. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly I'm surprised you're even here this morning 10 a.m. is a little early I mean it's funny third service starts at 1045 and yet that's a service that most people are late to You want to know why? Because they're the sleeper inners they're the ones who hit their snooze like eight to ten times before they get up. And then when they do get up, it takes 40 minutes for their body to finally, you know, start getting ready. But third service, as you just heard, are the rowdiest of is the rowdiest of all my services. I mean, people talk to me during the service. I'll be telling a story and they're like, oh, what did Shana say about that? You know, they want to ask me questions. It's so funny. But third service people are the most laid back, most relaxed, most personable people of the bunch. Half the time you can't get them into the sanctuary for the service because they're talking so much in the cafe. Okay? They just look around and go, Luke's still doing announcements, we got time. you know, And they'll keep talking. And then you can't get them to leave church once church is over. Because they'll just stay and talk forever in the cafe. And it's true. You guys know who you are. But I love my third service people too as well. You guys are incredible. Let's give a big round of applause to our third service. All three services, all full of people that I call family. And man, I sure do love you guys. I really, really do. Uh, You need to know that. Uh, But I will say this, having three services is tough because most of the times you don't know each other. And that's a huge drawback. It's tough to be a family when you don't know each other and you never see each other. And so if you can, I'd encourage you to take advantage of today. I'd encourage you to take some time to get to know each other. Third service, you have the opportunity to meet someone from first service today, okay? Who's been up six to eight hours already, okay? And first service, you get to meet someone from third service who just got up 30 minutes ago. Don't judge. Okay? Love them. Embrace them. That person who just woke up is your sister and brother. So um, let's, let's see if we can develop some community between the three services today because I think that's something that we desperately miss out on. Okay? Well, today is a special day. Uh, Not only are we gathered together as one big family, but we are taking this opportunity to talk about what God has been doing, what he is doing, and what he's going to be doing in our midst here at Whitestone. And as you know, we have been praying about and discussing the possibility of building an addition onto this building. Now, we've been talking about this for years, as many of you guys have known, but in this last year, we've been making some headways uh, on plans and designs, and if you look around, you can kind of see a rough outline as to the outline of what the new building would look like, how big it would be. And something I'm excited about is the men's bathroom right over there. Who's sitting in the men's bathroom right now? There they go. Jerry Shepard. I knew you'd sit there. That's good. right. But, you know, you guys laugh, but our current men's bathroom is something, it's miraculous that it's still working. It really is. There are very few times on Sunday where there's not a line in the men's bathroom, and we men aren't used to that. You ladies are. You bring the line with you, but we men aren't used to that, and I was talking to someone the other day, and it was interesting. I I asked him, I says, do you know so-and-so? And he says, yeah, I met him in the men's bathroom the other Sunday. He's a nice guy. I'm like we like, we're now meeting each other in the men's bathroom. And you know what's crazy is we don't think that's weird. That's just, it's just happening. Anyways, back to the building. Can you tell I'm excited about this new bathroom that we're going to get? Anyways, the leadership of Whitestone feels like God has given us the go ahead to start raising money for this building. Now, I know that whenever a church starts a building campaign, it always sends shivers down everyone's spine because it can get ugly most of us have been part of some sort of building you know initiative or campaign and uh it hasn't been the greatest thing in the world it can sometimes you know get ugly it's not very pretty and the reason that is is because the focus of the church can suddenly shift to being all about money and the building and conversations are all about money in the building. And sermons are all about money in the building. And everywhere you look, it tends to be about money in the building. And sadly, what happens is the church starts to lose focus on doing what God wants it to do. Well, at Watchstone, guys, we are committed to not let that happen here in our midst. Our focus is never going to be a building. Our focus, as you will probably hear multiple times today, is to make disciples who understand and who live and who extend the kingdom of God. Amen? And that's our focus. That's our mission. And the new building will simply be, hopefully I live through this, (laughs) the new building will simply be a tool to accomplish that even better. And we believe that we exist here as a church to extend God's kingdom, not Whitestone's kingdom. God's kingdom. And if we ever start to focus on Whitestone's kingdom, then guys, we have gone way off track. We cannot do that. So. We are going to start raising money for a new building and Pastor Doug is going to be explaining how we plan on doing that. But in the meantime, we will continue doing what we have always been doing, learning to become men and women and children who look and act and think and behave more like Jesus every day. Amen? That's what we're about. And that's what we will continue to pursue in every aspect. And when we raise enough money to build a building, we will build a building. But our mission and focus will remain unchanged. We will just be in another building, and hopefully we'll be able to extend God's kingdom even more and more. All the while, we will be trusting God to work in every detail, because as I said before, it's his kingdom. And it's his will we want to see done in our midst. Amen? All right, Doug, I don't know where you're at, buddy. Doug Harper, is he here? Oh, there's... Doug's going to come up, and he's just going to kind of talk us through what this plan will look like, and uh, then we're going to continue on in some worship.
1: Wow, there's a bunch of people here. As Luke said, that's awesome. And i got to tell you, for me personally, it's also a relief. Because last night I had a dream and I dreamed I was coming up on the stage just like I did, and I'd forgotten my notes. And I'm, oh, what do I do? And I decided I'd just wing it and go without. So I got up, and I stood right here, and I looked out, and there were six guys drinking beer under that tree, and nobody else was here. So I am so glad to see all of you here. Well, good morning, Whitestone. Well, I've got a story to tell. Nearly 25 years ago, a group of people who believed that our very big god had even bigger plans for them purchased the property that you're sitting on right now. They stepped out in faith and bought land that uh, they maybe couldn't really afford at that time, but they did it anyway. The property was a 53-acre tree farm, and it had a retail building on it that looked a lot like a barn. And this small group of believers then remodeled and expanded that building into the facility that's behind you. Those responsible for designing that building did an excellent job of scaling it. We know this because after seeing several years of sustained growth, Whitestone has outgrown every part of this building. The classrooms are too few and too small. The foyer and the cafe get crowded most Sundays. As Luke constantly reminds us, the bathrooms are way too small. The parking lot isn't large enough, and the sanctuary gets packed most weeks during second and third service. And because there are multiple pressure points, there are no quick or cheap fixes to the many crowding issues the church is facing. We can't just expand the sanctuary because that it's actually counterproductive because it makes the other problems even worse. Due to overcrowding, Sunday attendance appears to have plateaued at a little over 700. Also, it's becoming increasingly difficult for uh, all the ministries I would like to meet during the week to be accommodated. As Luke said, the mission of Whitestone is to make disciples who understand, live, and extend God's kingdom. Let me state this very clearly. Buildings do not make disciples. Buildings do not make disciples. But physical space at this time is limiting this church's effectiveness to fulfill its purpose and extend God's kingdom. Let's talk about the design. After much discussion and prayer, the elders hired a firm called Building God's Way, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, to help develop a conceptual plan to expand Whitestone's building. It was a three-day design process called a charrette. Many of you participated in that charrette. In fact, attendance, the final night of Whitestone charrette was the largest Building God's Way had ever experienced. The church designers were given three major objectives. They were asked to utilize all existing square footage. In fact, we'd like it to make the current like them to make the current building even more efficient if possible. We asked them to blend the new addition with the existing facility, both visually and functionally. We asked them to enhance Whitestone's family-oriented culture and make the church even more community-oriented. And we asked for flexibility. We wanted to create spaces that can be utilized in more than one way. Let me walk you through the conceptual design just real briefly. Uh, It's on the screen. It's also in the brochure that was handed out as you came in. Also, although most of you are sitting on it, it's laid out here. So uh, after the service, if you get a chance, walk around a little bit and you can get a feel for uh, where different rooms will be. I believe the first slide is uh, of the exterior. Is that right? I can't see it from here. Notice. Interior. Interior, all right. There we go, there we go, now I see it. As you can see, in fact, a lot of people say, well, where's the old and where's the new? Uh, The two highest peaks are the existing building. Basically, the addition is a flat roof, but they added some peaks there, too, to tie it together. And I feel like they did a really good job uh, of blending the old with the new from a visual perspective. Now, if you'll go to the next slide, I want to walk you through this real briefly. Uh, The hub of the wheel, if you will, is the gathering area. And that's the area out here about where that tree is. Uh, It'll be a community area. We hope to have some fireplaces, a lot of tables where people can gather and build a sense of community and become a a, a family. And then off that, the sanctuary will be about where we're at right now. The stage will probably be a little bit to my right. Classrooms over there, restrooms, so forth. Uh, You can study the uh, plan uh, that's in your brochure also want to point out that there are very convenient connection points between the new addition and the existing. There'll also be an elevator added, which is very important because at this time, we do not have handicap accessibility to our second floor. The plan is that when the addition is finished, phase two will be to remodel the current cafe into offices and the entire loft into a youth room and we'll add two bathrooms up there. Phase three then will be to add a second floor to the current sanctuary, which will create more classroom and some living room type spaces for small groups on that floor. The current sanctuary will be moved up one floor and become a multi-purpose chapel. So that gives you a, a brief overview of what the conceptual design looks like. One of the first questions that must be answered when you're designing a church is, how many people should the worship room hold? And that number then drives other considerations like bathrooms and classrooms and parking. This design is scaled to accommodate about 600 folks in the sanctuary in the new worship room where most of you are sitting now. But it's also designed to have overflow into the current sanctuary and eventually to the new multipurpose chapel upstairs, and that'll seat around 250. Two services, as Luke mentioned, three services becomes burdensome, and it's hard to be all in one family. Two services, both services would be live streamed into the current sanctuary or eventually the second floor. With that size, we can accommodate about 1,500 worshipers, about double what we're currently seeing plus children. Another positive aspect of this design is that the new addition can be constructed with only fairly limited disruptions. In other words, we can continue to hold services in the current sanctuary within the current facility during the construction phase. Okay, the question everybody wants to know the answer to, how much is it gonna cost? The proposed expansion is about 20,500 square feet. The best cost estimate for that is $5 million. Now that estimate is not a bare bones estimate. We looked at infrastructure, we looked at equipment and furnishings. We did not take the low number, we took the high number. We also built in a quarter of a million dollar contingency. And so this is not a scaled down, trying to sell it estimate. As far as building construction itself, we assumed $165 per square foot. I hope, I think we can beat that, but we wanted to have an estimate that was uh, aggressive because the last thing we wanna do is come back to you and ask for more money. In addition to the cost of expanding the building, we must also consider existing debt, which is currently about 320,000. And it's estimated it's gonna take about 180,000 to turn the current cafe into offices and to convert the entire loft into a youth room. So this gives you a total cost of $5.5 million. That does not include adding a second floor above the sanctuary. Uh, That will be uh, uh, phase three. We will do that when growth and finances allow. So how are we gonna pay for this? Obviously, raising $5.5 million is a major undertaking, and frankly, it's a goal that can only be reached with God's, if God intervenes. Fortunately, Whitestone has three potential sources of revenue, borrowing, selling some land, and donations, which we're calling hearing from God donations. Let's look at borrowing first. Scripture clearly warns against excessive debt, but it does not forbid responsible borrowing. The question is, how much debt is prudent for this church? To answer that question, a finance committee was appointed several months ago, and that was the basic question put before them. How much debt is prudent for Whitestone, given our current financial situation? The approach the committee took was to put together a post-construction, in other words, after the new addition is done, annual budget for the church. The goal was to see what percentage of the general fund donations would it take to service very amounts of debt. You may or may not know the banking industry standard, whether you're borrowing money for a house or a church is 30% or maybe a little bit more of available funds can be used to service long-term debt. The Finance Committee wanted to be much more conservative than that. To estimate the post-construction budget, all operational expenses were doubled. That means electricity, insurance, snow removal, everything we doubled. We also increased all ministry expenses by 50%. While there would definitely be increased costs with a bigger building and a larger congregation, this is a pretty aggressive approach. Also, one full and one part-time staff member was added to the expenditure side of this budget. For this exercise, we figured a 38% increase in general fund donations. That is about what churches see an increase in donation when they see a 50 percent increase in attendance. We felt like that was uh, fairly conservative. When you do all those math, uh, all that math, it will take 16 percent of general fund donations with those increases in expenses and a moderate increase in giving, 16 percent to service $2.5 million in debt. In fact, if there is no increase in general fund giving, it will take 22.5% of the general fund to service $2.5 million in debt. So as I think you can probably see, although $2.5 million sounds like a really big number, it's actually fairly conservative based on the church's current financial situation. Therefore, based on uh, those projections, the Finance Committee recommendation to the elders was to put a debt ceiling at $2.5 million. Let's talk a little about selling land, another potential source of revenue. God has blessed Whitestone with 53 acres of land. Do we have the slide of the... uh, Is that showing the property? Okay, this is looking from the interstate. You can see the farm field onto the south, that's ours. And then beyond that is Summit's new village hall. And then we go west to uh, the farm field to the west. So as you can see, we've got quite a bit of land. Another really nice thing is that we have a buffer of trees on at least two, and if you include behind me, three sides. So we've got some protection but the elders feel like we could sell that farmland and raise enough money to get things rolling as far as uh, uh, this capital campaign. That hayfield's about 18 acres. We could stretch that a little bit, but that's, uh, that's what we'd, we'd like to sell. If an attractive offer to buy land is presented, the church's bylaws requires the sale to be approved by two-thirds of the voting members before it can be completed. And all money generated by the sale of land will go towards expanding God's building. Finally, let's talk about donations, and we're calling them hearing from God donations. As Luke mentioned, Most people, when they hear the words church capital campaign, they cringe. And I believe that's because churches use the same approach to raise money as the rest of the world. And too often that has been manipulation, pressuring, arm twisting, that sort of thing. The leadership of Whitestone believes that if generosity does not come from the heart, it's not godly generosity. Let me repeat that. If generosity does not come from the heart, it's not godly generosity. The elders also think that the Bible gives us an excellent model on how God wants his people to raise resources to build worship facilities. Here are three biblical examples. When Moses followed God's instructions to build a tabernacle, the materials came from every man whose heart prompted him to give. When the first temple was built in Jerusalem, the people rejoiced because the offerings were given freely. When the temple in Jerusalem was rebuilt, God stirred hearts and free will offerings were given. Do you see the central theme in these biblical accounts? When God moved hearts in each cases, generosity flowed. That is what we long to see happen here at Whitestone. Always keeping in mind, this is God's building. We're just here to help him extend his kingdom. The building initiative we're presenting today is unique to Whitestone. It's called a hearing from God approach because frankly, we don't want to expand the building unless God makes it crystal clear that that is what he wants us to do. One of the features that will make this fundraising approach that we're taking unique is there will be no pledge cards. There'll be no pressure to give a certain amount in a certain amount of time. We are simply asking you to pray, ask God how you should help financially with this project and win and then be obedient. Be obedient as individuals. And when the fundraising goal is reached, we will know that collectively, as a church body, we've heard from God. We can then move forward with this building project with complete confidence that we are in alignment with his will, with his plan for Whitestone. This is why we're calling it a hearing from God initiative. So we might end up slicing that $5.5 million pie, if you will, something like this with the three potential sources of revenue. Something else that will make Whitestone's building initiative unique is that benchmarks have been established to make certain the church does not become over committed financially during this process. It'll be kind of a pay as you go approach. When one of these celebration markers and they're in the brochure we handed out is hit, it will trigger another step in the process. And these celebration markers can be hit with any combination of hearing from God donations or a land sale. And that's what'll trigger the next step. And as you can see in the uh, brochure, Some of the action triggers are more serious than others. For example, the first one, when we retire the debt, we're going to burn the mortgage. The second one, yes. The second one, I'm anxious to see how much applause this gets. When we hit $750,000 through any combination of a land sale or donations, Luke's going to shave off his beard. Yeah, there we go. Now my concern is he's gonna start growing it back the next day, but at least we'll get him clean shaven for a little bit. And then you can see the other one, the other uh, uh, celebration markers and action triggers. What we like about this approach is that we will not be spending money until it is in the building fund. We're not gonna be hiring an architect until there's plenty of money in there to move forward. We're not going to be selecting a general contractor until there's plenty of money to move forward. And by the way, neither the architectural firm nor the general contractor has been selected at this time. Those things will happen as we move through the process and as we hit these trigger points. Those decisions will be made later. Folks, we're going to go through this process together. The slides have said community and have focused on the last five letters, which is unity. The only way that we're going to be able to stay united as a family is to go through this process as a family, and that means being united. You will be kept informed with monthly or uh, maybe every other month uh, information on how it's going and, and how we're... Uh, whether we're approaching different celebration markers, but there'll be no arm twisting and no uh, pressure. I also can assure you that promises will be kept. That's why we printed a brochure and that's why it's in your hand now. We want you to take it home and hang on to it. And we are committing to keep the promises that are in that brochure. Thank you. And lastly, before Kirk and his team come on up for a couple more songs, I just want to say, may God continue continue to bless Whitestone as we continue to strive to extend his kingdom. And if this building expansion is part of his plan, let it be. Thank you very much.
0: got a few closing things I want to talk to you guys about. You know, in this world we live in, it just seems like everywhere we turn, there's negative, there's cursing, there's putting down, there's criticizing going on. It just seems every direction we face, we're, we're getting torn down. And it's how the world works. And so I just wanted to take some time this morning to, to just, for a change, you know, bless you guys. Bless you, my, my Whitestone family. And I just wanted to let you know how incredibly awesome you guys are. I don't think you know what an amazing church family you guys are. I really don't. I've been part of other churches. I've visited many, many other churches, and I have never seen a more loving church family than I do with you guys. And I mean that honestly. You guys need to hear this. You know, I've I've heard from people who have come here for the very first time and they're looking for a church, and I've heard this numerously said when I walked in through these doors, I knew I was home. I have never felt so much love from a group of people like I did when I came here. In Whitestone, that's you. They're talking about you. You know, I meet with other pastors of other churches, and and, you know, sometimes half the meeting is spent talking about how terrible their congregations are. And the, the congregation is just dysfunctional, and it's fighting and arguing and backbiting and trying to be divisive. And I mean, I go to those meetings, and I just feel terrible for those pastors. I mean, I really do. I almost feel guilty being a pastor of such an awesome group of people like you. Uh, seriously I mean they look at me and they're like so Luke what sort of hardships are you going through and I'm like well we, we only got one urinal in our church and that's a little rough But I, I, feel, I just kind of feel bad telling them how, what an awesome church family we have but you are and, and like I said I don't think you know what an amazing church family this really is uh, it's not the norm it's weird really you guys are weird Let's just, let's just come out and say it. No, but really, when you think about it, it is different. And the reason it is is because it's supernatural. It's the Holy Spirit of God working in our midst to produce a unity and love for each other that isn't normal in this world today. Amen. But he's doing it. And he's doing it right here in our midst. And guys, we are the partakers of that. We get to enjoy that. And isn't it beautiful? Love it. You know, Jesus said this. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. And my wife and I have been part of this church family for 23 years, and I have been a pastor here for 18 of those 23 years, and I have seen you guys grow more and more and more in that love for each other over those years, and it has been nothing short of amazing. And I brag about you guys all the time. I really do. And I love you guys. You, you are my family. You are my brothers and my sisters. And man, do I love all of you. And I am so glad that I get to do life with all of you guys together. I could not think, I could not think of a greater group of people to run after Jesus with than you. And you know what? As you guys know, life hasn't been easy for everyone, has it? The enemy has come against us in every way he can. But I'll tell you, I couldn't think of a greater group of soldiers to be in the spiritual trenches with, battling the kingdom of darkness, than all of you. And I mean that. I am blessed to be part of such an amazing group of followers of Christ. And I mean this when I say this, you have changed my life and impacted me more than you will ever know. Shauna and I are eternally grateful that God has us here in this specific spot in the world with all of you to walk on this narrow path running after Jesus together. And as we look to the future, Whitestone, let us not take our eyes off of Jesus. Amen? Because if we do, we're sunk. We're sunk. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. Somebody's car is getting robbed right now. We, let's keep training to be like him. Let's keep immersing ourselves in his grace, allowing him to do things in our life that we could never do on our own. Let's more and more experience salvation and and more and more be set free from sin and its clutches and and walk in holiness and righteousness, looking like Jesus more and more every day. And I know I tell you this all the time, but it's true, but we have one life, one life. And it's going to be over in a flash. And we don't get a redo So let's not run after the things of this world. Instead, let's give it our all and let's run after Jesus. And yeah, we're going to keep meeting in that beautiful, wonderful building that God's given us. And hopefully one day we're going to meet in this new, bigger building that we're sitting in the outline of. But let's never stop being a church family where God's kingdom is extended and God's will is done in our midst. Amen? That's what we want first and foremost here in whatever building we're in. And guys, I just want you to know I love you so very, very much. Thank you for being such an amazing Whitestone family. And right now, we're going to close in prayer, but it's going to be a little weird, a little different. What we're going to ask you to do is if you could get up from your chairs and we're going to try to hold hands in one big circle around the outline of this building and I don't know, we may have to we may have so many that we'll have to double up and do interior circles, but I'll let you I'll give you a few minutes to do that. So let's just have one big outline around this entire building. <laughs> you guys are pretty good. You did that pretty fast. All right, are we ready to pray? And let's just join hearts as we're joining hands as one big family who our father is God. And we are his sons and daughters. Let's pray. Oh, uh, you got to get in the circle here. Oh, no, i got to stand behind the circle. <laughs> Pretend I'm with you guys. All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, as I look around this circle, all men and women and boys and girls I love so much. They are my family, and we are one big family, and... Man, it is awesome to do life with these people. And God, we all are facing different things in our life, but the common thing we have is that we have you as our Father. And as we sang just earlier, who can come against you, God? There's nothing that can stop you. So God, thank you for this Whitestone family. Thank you for the unity that we have been experiencing. Thank you for the oneness, because we know that comes from you, Holy Spirit. That is a supernatural thing. God, as we think about this building that we're holding hands, wrapping around, this is your kingdom. This is not Whitestone's. We do not want to grow Whitestone's kingdom. We want to extend yours. So we ask that your will would be done and your kingdom would come here in this Whitestone family as it is in heaven. And God, I pray that if this building is your desire and your plan, that you would just raise it up from the ground that we stand on. And may it be used for your honor and your glory. And God, continue to use us for your honor and your glory. And God, I ask that you would place your angels around this place, around this entire Whitestone family. May you protect them from evil, from evil people and the evil one. And may we become men and women who look like Jesus more and more each day. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, and let's all say it together, amen. Love you
1: guys. Thank you so much for coming.